0: Maximize every opportunity so that you can become, you legendary. become legendary. What adjustments can you make right
1: now the to make yourself 1% better? Your only better? goal is to be the best version of you. <sighs> Mr. Steven Jaggers, how are you, man? Welcome, hey. to, welcome to becoming legendary.
0: What's up, brother? I've been waiting to have this conversation and we had some tech issues for the past 15 minutes, but we made it work. So we are here
1: right <laughs> we are now. Here. Yes. Beautiful. Thanks for covering out this time, man. It means a lot to me and means a lot to uh, to our listeners as well. Yeah. I'm honored. Honor's mine. So, So I'm going to start off with with allowing you the opportunity, some people like this and some people don't like this so you can you can choose to to, to dive away from this this question or you can dive right into it it's your choice right. um, so so for the listeners who don 't know who Steven Jaggers is and what you are all about so I'll give you the platform here just to explain who you are man what you do
0: okay so how am I spin this one a little bit here. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Um, I am, you know, Steven Jaggers is the name that I've been given by my parents. Uh, and I look at myself as a a verb, if you will, you know, I'm a process I'm changing all the time. And there really is, you know, change is the only thing that is certain and everything Mm -hmm. is changing. And, uh, therefore I do not believe in the concept of nouns as in that I am one thing that will always be the same thing. Um, and I am a process, so I'm not Stephen, but I am Stephen ing and I'm moving <laughs> through the world as a process and changing and hopefully I'm changing, you know, changing for the better. But that being said, my background and my life experience is that I, um, you know, my family that birthed me, I watched them with um, loving eyes and eyes that came into the world with a, a purpose and and um, just a keen awareness, I would say, but you know, I watched them as they struggled with uh, lots of drug addiction and mental health issues, and uh, you know i 'm an only child uh, they were um, Yeah, addicted to hard street drugs before they had me and probably while they had me. Uh, And, you know, they switched their life around when I was, you know, about four or five and moved here to Arizona to start a new life. And I just watched them, you know, switch from hard street drugs to uh, pharmaceutical medication. And I watched them struggle with anxiety and depression and a lot of things uh, that I knew from a young age were just not how life is. And that led me to really wanting to understand what makes people tick. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, and I've always been uh, very physically orientated as well, sports and um, always been an athlete. And so I wanted, I I came out of high school and I wanted to study uh, addiction psychology And then also physical therapy. I couldn't decide which, if I wanted to go like the body route, or I wanted to go the the mind route and understand the mind or understand the body. Um, but I just really, uh, wanted to understand what makes people tick. And I, I ended up dropping out of college. I couldn't really pay attention to books. Um, learning from books. uh, It just was not my thing. And I was fucking around too. I was young. Um, I get it, but I, I I dropped out and I, I found, uh, a, this school that taught, um, body work, massage therapy, neuromuscular therapy, uh, a lot of energetic body work as well yeah. too, life coaching, holistic nutrition. It was like a Hogwarts school for, um, you know, the modern holistic arts, if you will. So give them a shout out. uh, What school was it? Yeah. Southwest Institute of healing arts.
1: That's where I went too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Right here in our backyard. Absolutely. And so I was, you know, I was in I was a student there for a while, ended up taking shit almost every class they could offer me. And uh, it quickly became an assistant teacher uh, and then became an instructor. And I was teaching kinesiology and uh, anatomy and, Um, energetic anatomy and different types of body work there for a while, and really just was so fascinated by learning like applicable body techniques and really understanding how the body holds trauma specifically. And trauma, we could just look at stress or blockage or whatever it is, Um, how the body stores that and how it does affect our mind, um, and how deeply interconnected the mind and body are. And with that, you know, uh, as I was kind of going to school there and um, also, uh, yeah, uh, became an instructor there, I, you know, was experimenting with some psychedelics as well at the time, some plant medicines recreationally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, you know, had some pretty profound moments that led me to want to become a psychedelic therapist for just a brief moment in time. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up uh, working with this nonprofit organization called MAPS. I yeah. Worked, worked a couple events for them. Sure. And uh, I was so interested in using psychedelics for health and wellness. And um, I went to I worked an event for them in 2017 and there was a man named Stan Groff there doing a holotropic breath work, uh, workshop. And so many people were like, you have to go to that. And, uh, I went to that and it was one of the most profound experiences, uh, beyond, um, any of the psychedelic experiences I had, the amount of release that I had in my physical Mm. body. And also the amount of clarity I had within my mind afterwards. And it was absolutely tangible and it didn't, there was no come down. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that being said, I went back to doing body work and uh, really started to integrate breath work into body work and trauma release. And that's, you know, kind of where I, I am here now. And that was a long uh, thing that I just rambled on, but hopefully <laughs> it answers what is
1: Steven Jagger's It it, it does completely, man. <clears throat> you know, I've had the the absolute honor to to work with you and and I wanted just to dive in. I've written down a bunch of a bunch of questions. Um, and but, but I'll start I'll start I'll start kind of kind of here. So you're a lover of, of entomology, right? And, entomology. And, Yes. And, and if the listeners don't know out there, it's the study of the history of words or the words origin and development through history. I've done my research on you, man. Mm. Oh, um, you have, dude. Wow. <laughs> so, 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 so here's the question, like, like you, you mentioned a little bit about that in your, in your, in in, in, in your intro. Um, what are the, some of the, some of the most impactful words that you enjoy utilizing, like in your personal life? As well mm-hmm. as the work that you do, because i've worked with you personally a couple times thank you for for the energy and the space that you hold held for me the 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 releases and the and the newfound Brian, if you will stir still carries on with me today, man so like I have some of your you can look over my it'll be your, my right shoulder to you, I think all these little little words back here little little cards or just quotes from people I've worked with you're you're up there on the board man too so I'm honored brother thank <laughs>
0: you so much for
1: that. so like tell me tell me what are some what are the most impactful words that you utilize maybe as mantras or that you utilize mm. in your work because I think I think that words carry such power, right? And, and, and depending on how you use the word, depending on how you phrase the word, depending on your intention behind the word, right. Can, can, percent can dictate where that, where that lands.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, one of the biggest pieces within therapy specifically in any type of therapy, um, and that I use with my clients. And I think that people should use in relationships. And I think it should be a rule that we kind of operate on, Um, is that getting people to define their words is so powerful because we are communal beings. We are here to feel connected to each other, connected to the planet, connected to whatever, you know, connection is an an essential nutrient and we use words to connect, to feel like we're on the same page. And, you know, words are the carrier of meaning. We have Mm. put the meaning on the word and then both of us are At that same understanding um, that we are using the same word and I'll get to understanding in a little bit too. But so, you know, I could say the word love and it could mean something completely different to you than it does to me. Or I could say the word God. Uh, that means something completely different. And, you know, I've done this in my relationship and even that word relationship, what does that even mean? And defining that between two humans and getting them to getting people to define their words is one of the most powerful techniques that I have used with, with people and words are just so interesting. I mean, you know, I said that we're under the same understanding and, you know, we think of understanding as a mental process, where I am, um, I am at the, uh, connected to you. Like we have the same idea, perhaps. Sure. And the word understanding means to stand underneath something, and it means that you can hold that up, yeah. uh, and you you are able to fully stand underneath it, and you are able to hold it up. So just because we understand something mentally. You know, we can read all of the books about things over and over and over again, but that doesn't mean that we've actually put it into practice and we have embodied it. So understanding is a byproduct of embodiment and a, and a byproduct of you have gone through it yourself and have done it you don't understand anything until you've embodied it. You can mentally, you can mentally try to understand something, but you don't really know until it's experiential. And that's another reason why I had a hard time uh, learning from books specifically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. I can can so
0: Sorry. There's so many words. I love to, I love to play off of words. Yeah. and I, and it just come, it, it comes up, but even, you know, I just did a podcast with another brother and, uh, we were talking about, you know, making sense of things, you know, and when we think of, oh, that makes sense. Uh, we think of that as it makes sense to our rational mind, but sense and to become sensitive, which, you know, I haven't even gotten into uh, somatic, uh, somatic release breath work is the modality yeah. that I've kind of coined and somatic means of the body. And my mission is to connect mind and body, uh, to change the mental health paradigm to the mind and body health paradigm. But I'll circle back to, you know, making sense of something yeah. and to make sense of something is to feel it, it's to feel the sensation of it. Is to be sensitive enough to pick it up. Um, it's to be full of sensory awareness, and though and all of our senses have to be engaged. All of our senses between our mind and our body um, have to fully understand it, stand yeah. underneath it, <laughs> exactly, to to really have something make
1: sense for us even so far as the the touch the feel the taste the sight like all five senses are involved with the understanding and and it's and it seems like to me that the when, when I worked with you and, and I've seen you know watched some of the, some of the videos and things that you put out the, there's a there's a deep understanding for you that that you have you've you've gone through it you've you've played in the dirt you've you've lived in, you lived in the shit if you will and and I think that that's palpable um, is there, is there a, is there a particular, like, like a catalyst or, or, or one moment that you can, you can point back to that, that, that you, that you continue to revisit that, that maybe allows you or gives you permission to, um, to, to, to allow for other people to give them the space to, to understand themselves. Cause I mean, that's, that's what I felt working with you, man. I felt there was like a, there was an underlying connection that we had that, that was not v- able to to put into to words
0: yeah you can't put it into words and I could it feel it though yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to the rational mind but it makes sense to your being and yeah. that's the thing is that you know you can only take somebody as deep as you've gone yourself and I'll circle back to that but um you know their life responds to who you are being not what you are doing and who you are being is a byproduct of what's being communicated from your nervous system what's being communicated from the electrical bubble around you mm. and someone else's nervous system is picking up on that before any words can be said and it is a it's a state of being so there's been lots of different like times in my life and i think just go like going through the hard times has been Um, the thing that has made me what I am today and why I'm passionate about the things I am today. Um, So there's something to have, there's something to be said about that. You know, I get a lot of people that come to me that have been through some very difficult shit and I don't look at them like, Oh, You've gone through difficult, like poor you, you know, like there's not, there's not that because I don't know what these difficult things that this person has gone through, what that's actually going to do for them. What the, what, like the catalyst that that might be for them. And, you know, maybe this terrible thing happened to them. That's going to get them to create something that helps everyone else, uh, who has gone through that as well. you know, we are, You know, we are tribal beings, meaning that we want to feel like we're bringing something to the table for our community. We want to feel like we're offering something to the community. And what we can offer uh, a lot of the time is the shit that we've gone through, the traumas, Mm -hmm. the stressors, the, the shit that we've gone through that we've overcome those are the things that we can offer because we have understood it we have stood underneath it and we've we've um we've found the new adaptive pattern and as humans you know our evolutionary function is to find a new adaptive patterns to survive yeah. and that's the thing is that like difficult uh, experiences tr- like life altering traumas stressors. Um, those are the things that kill us, <laughs> but also those are the things that help us grow the most because at, a, at, a, um, at an evolutionary standpoint, we are trying to find new adaptive patterns. And at first we find new adaptive patterns for ourselves And then we, and you know, something happens terribly. We, we try to find the new adaptive pattern to it. What's the way, how can I relate to this? And then we do that for ourselves. And then we ended up sharing it with our community and we evolve as a whole. And this is going on on a collective spectrum as well too, which we, we could get into, but going back to, you know, the session with me and you and the felt sense is that we have become such a mental culture like w- the mind is our king and we, yeah. we, we think about everything like, we for, we have forgot that we are fucking animals. We are <laughs> animals and we yep. are a biological system that needs nature and needs certain biological things to function. We've become so technologically advanced. And so of the mind that we've kind of labeled the body as foul, and there is more intelligence within your body that you, than your mind could ever even fathom. You are repairing yourself on a cellular level every day. You are digesting your food. You are, there's so many autonomic systems. You're secreting hormones. You're, you're healing yourself. You're healing yourself every day. And you don't have to think about that. You know, the mind is like, if we were we just don't even comprehend the level of intelligence that's going on in our body. And when I am working with somebody, I try to tune into that level of intelligence. Life knows what it's doing. Everything in the world is growing and they are overcoming different stressors and patterns. And they'll like life uh, is striving for growth all of the time. All the time. And when I am, you know, just in a place in my nervous system and you come, you know, and we connect and the place of my nervous system is operating from life knows how to take care of itself. There is an innate intelligence that's so much smarter coursing through your body than my mind could ever, uh, imagine and when you relate to people at that point, instead of seeing somebody as, you know, most, we live in a fix it culture. Yeah. We live in a fix it culture. And meaning that when we try to fix somebody, we, that is telling them that they are broken.
1: You're exactly right, man. There's a, there's a lot. You just said right there. <laughs> I went in, dude. No, dude. no, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a, no, that's amazing. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a big piece I wanted, I wanted to hold on to there and, and circle back and revisit. There's, we spend 99% of our time locked inside of a box, insulated inside of our house, inside of our car, away from like the natural energies of earth, away from anything that, I mean, we live by the thermostat, right? If it's not set yeah. at 72 degrees, a hundred percent of the time, we're freaking out. And if it's we're not fragile, fragile human beings. And so The biggest, the the most profound thing that I've done in my life is put myself in uncomfortable situations, Mm -hmm. whether that be training with cold water, whether that be breath work, whether that be like somatic breath release work with you. That was an uncomfortable situation, right? But I mean, but, but that was, but those, those type of opportunities give you, give you the, the ability to recognize that you know what you can fix your own shit you can fix your own self as long on, on a cellular level if you're open to to the possibility of that happening and 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 the one thing that i that i wanted to to dive in from what you said is like you have you give the, you give people the the possibility or hold that space for them that they can that they have the ability to heal themselves you, you're mm-hmm. essentially not I don't want to say you're not doing anything because that's not the right way to that's not right to put yeah. it. But, but you're not pushing or pulling or against against their innate wantingness to come back to homeostasis. You're giving yeah. that space space to to allow all of the the pushing and pulling and the, yeah. and, the and the coming and the going to to to, to work itself out knowing that, that, that homeostasis is just around the corner. It's less of the mind, like you were saying, and more of the physical body. The mm-hmm. physical body is, is a profound vehicle vessel, right? That you, that I agree with you. We've been, we've been taken away from that through our culture, through, through stories, through habits, what you know, whatever. So, so there's, so what, what, what I'm trying to ask is, is there is, is there, is there, is there a way that you can define holding space? Because what you're doing is not, is it's people, there's a, that's like a buzzword in the spiritual community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hold,
1: holding space. Mm-hmm. So like.
0: I've defined it. If you want me to do that. Please. Heck yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, when you come into, you know, any of my trainings, um, that is the first thing that we go over because that is Oh so God. important. And it's a, uh, it's a concept, a term that is bastardized. <laughs> 100%. For, yeah. it's, it's, it's You know, like we're saying words of the care, meaning there's a yeah. lot of barnacles attached to that one. <laughs> um, and so holding space is, I actually have it in my, in my, um, like I could pull up my worksheet, but let me just riff on it for a second. Yeah. yeah. Holding space is the ability to fully experience the present moment and not being reactively involved, but responsible. responsible. So I'll, say, I'll say that one more time. Please. Holding space is, have, is having cultivated. I'm going to say it a little different, actually. Holding space is having cultivated enough inner stillness that I can fully Experience the present moment and not be reactive, but be responsible. So, first of all, cu- having cultivated enough inner stillness. And I think that that is a byproduct of knowing who I am and knowing what is other. You know, so many people, you know, we have so many people that are, you know, proclaimed empaths or some very sensitive people and they're people that are very fragile, but I've said enough, you know, and, and I'm a very sensitive person, you know, I'm sensitive. Like I have sensory awareness, you know, and also sensitive emotionally. And I have set enough boundary, like boundaries are your, are your best friend. If you're someone that's sensitive hundred uh, percent and true. also doing hard shit, what I want to, which I want to get back to that. Um, but having cultivated enough inner stillness to know myself and to know what is other, so that I can fully experience the present moments and not fully experience from my mind where I'm intellectually thinking about what's going on. I can fully experience and take in through all of my senses, what's going on in the present moment and not being reactive, but being response able, uh, my ability to respond, you know, there's some etymology there. Um, but being reactive, so let's talk about the difference between being reactive and able. So reactivity is operating from an unconscious state. Something happens, you are reacting. Um, someone comes to you, you are thinking that they're broken. You know, you're, you're coming from the mindset that they are broken. It's re, reactivity is the fix-it mentality. Is that, you know, and I've, I've been there and as a man, it's really easy to get into the fix it mentality. We want to fix everything. My girlfriend comes in and she's (laughs) bitching about something and I'm just like, Oh, let me like, what, what can I do? I want to, I want to fix the issue. And it's like, sometimes she just needs to express and it like and now I just need to hold That's space for her. There you go. there's not it doesn't have to make sense to mm-hmm. my rational mind um but but not being reactive but being response able so being responsible versus being reactive is that i my ability to respond in the present moment is a byproduct of how much inner stillness i have so my inner stillness is honoring the innate intelligence of life. That's what's being communicated from my being. And then when something happens, I have the ability to respond in the corresponding way and not being charged or having my unconscious shit that's spilling in um, and allowing someone to express and whatever's coming up. I, I have the ability to respond in whatever corresponding way that that energy wants to move and I've cultivated enough sensitivity through that you know and That's and reactivity is a byproduct of stress you know the fix it mentality you are putting stress on somebody you know you are doing the opposite of holding space if I start getting into my own story you know like and and I don't think if you can remember, like when we were doing a session, I'm not telling you anything about myself. Um, you know, I, I, I don't say any of my stories. I don't do anything. I'm 100% for you and honoring the innate intelligence of your life that you know exactly what you're doing. You know, your mind probably doesn't know what you're doing, but your body is <laughs> on that's board. That's it. That's it. Um, and you know exactly what you need to do to release. And so, you know, stress pressure, that fix it mentality. I'm actually putting more stress onto you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm subconsciously telling your system that it's broken, that something needs to be forced back into place. And so stress, trauma, all of these things, they are outside pressures that are, that are onto you, you know, and it's not, you know, trauma and stress are not the actual thing that's happening to you, but it's the response. It's what's happening inside inside of you. And every one of us has a different capacity for that, which I'll, I'll get into as well. But um, stress, it's pressure, you know, and reactivity is pressure. And if I were to put pressure on you, how do you get rid of the pressure? You need to X the pressure. Or you have to find ways to express And expression is the key to life. You know, we are in an expression vessel. Some of the most stressed out people in our world have found beautiful ways to channel that into different expressions, such as music, such as art, such as businesses that have helped a lot of fucking people. Um, And that has come at a byproduct of stress, but they found a way to express it. And so if you don't express, then you end up suppressing and you suppress, you become depressed and repressed until you push it down until it starts to manifest as a physical sort of dis-ease of energy running through your body. And so when I am holding space, which we just went over the definition, um, I am cultivating an area of space where I'm honoring the innate intelligence of your life so that it can express however it needs to, however it wants to. And how, what I, you know, when I do somatic work, somatic means of the body. And so a lot of the expressions that come through are what the body has needed to do But we've not allowed them to do that we forgot that we are animals we've become so mind oriented where it's like no sit down shut up you can't express like that you know it's not okay to feel and so i just cultivate this space and the breath is obviously the driving force but it allows someone to express and that expression That physical expression, whatever it needs, if it's yelling, if it's crying, if it's screaming, if it's laughing, if it's like feeling complete bliss, whatever that expression is, that has wanted to come up because it's been suppressed for a long time. And when it comes up, that is the signal from the nervous system to the body and the mind that it can relax. Most of us have not been able to express anything, so we're carrying it. And it's literally uh, eating away at our energetic system, our nervous system. I just talked
1: a lot, so... (laughs) dude, thanks, man. It's, 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 a, it's beautiful to hear you talk about this stuff because it's, cause I was getting, I got it bits and pieces when we worked together and for you to elaborate, I'm just, I'm, I'm holding space for you now, man.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You're holding the container, man. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. That's and that's to... the
0: biggest, that's the biggest thing is that yeah. people have to feel safe, you know, as an uh, animal and, and safety is not a mentally safe thing because a lot of us, um, you know, we're not having to fight off, uh, bears and shit, you know, we're like, we're physically safe. I'm in my box room with, you know, my thermostat at 70 something degrees <laughs> exactly, um, and I'm safe, but people need to feel safe that they're not going to be judged. They do. They do. They need to, um, you know, we are as human systems, human animals Our uh, how we respond to things starts on the animal level so it's instinctual. instinctual it's instincts first emotions second and then only after that do we start to create a story around it uh, so if you know if something were to happen like and you your first thing would be an instinct you would choose to you know run you would choose to fight it you would yeah. choose to whatever you know fuck it whatever you right. wanted to yeah. do you know whatever yeah. that instinctual <laughs> thing is and then from that point you would feel an emotion around it you would feel scared you would feel um fear you would feel whatever you felt then you have an and only lastly after we have that instinctual thing that goes on that emotion do we start to create the story around it in the mind and those stories um, are what we tell ourselves about ourselves and what we tell ourselves about the world and that creates the lens that we're looking through, but when something happens, it we in our culture have worked with the stories so much, yeah. and that's not where the response is actually happening. It's happening at an instinctual level and an emotional level, and it doesn't have to make sense to the mind. So, just being able to get those physical discharges and those emotional right. discharges uh, frees people up. To then create beautiful stories about yes. themselves, yes. because when the body, when the animal inside of us is wounded, it skews us to creating dark stories about ourselves and about the world.
1: That that serves the woundedness. That serves exactly. the, the less than rather than yeah. something the story that serves the the higher the the higher being, if you will.
0: Yeah, um, that that serves the. Um, whatever your system chose to respond with instinctually
1: yeah maybe it
0: was something that you didn't want to do and you know you start to create stories around i'm um, a person um you know and, and so it, it it lies in a lot of the shit that we're moving through it lies within our body and our nervous system emotional selves, and and we can work with the story after we get a lot of stuff
1: out 100 percent I want to revisit something that, that you said. So you, you mentioned, you mentioned about holding space for, for your girlfriend and, and one of, one of the biggest teachers of my life has been my wife. Um, and, uh, she's, um, and, and so, and so with, 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 with the wifey, with, with Danielle is her, is her real name <laughs> That's uh-huh. that, that, that she was given. So with her, one of the biggest exercises that I've found with that, that helps me to hold space is to, is to wor- is to think about not worry. Think about eye contact, and think about and and allowing her. Because like you you said something that really resonated with me, and probably a lot of the people that that are listening out there as well too. Is that sometimes it's. It, what, what the woman is saying to the man, like in the, in a partnership is not comprehensible to the rational mind. So then the rational mind wants to push and pull and judge and comment. So I've found that, that, that little override, a little like eject button from that system is, is simply just to watch her eyes and to, and to not, and to, you can read the body language. Of course, that's, that's part of it. But, but the, as, as the, as the saying goes, the eyes are a window into the soul. You know, so you can you can. It almost as if it, it, it bypasses for me the judgment piece, the the commenting piece, and allows Danielle just to, be, to express herself any way that she needs to or wants to. And and what I've noticed is that a lot of the expression comes through the physical body. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily paying attention to the to the body language, but I can see the, you know, I'm, I'm making like arm movements. Now you can see like how how the body wants to get rid of what she what she says. So. The rational words, the words that are coming out of her mind are or are out of her mouth sometimes don't even make sense to me, but I can feel and read the body language, feel the energy and that allowing, without commenting or judging, without even opening my mouth, right? And that's the biggest piece that I found working with you is that there were very few words that were said in like an hour and 20, 30 minute session, But but, but there was... There was an, there was an exchanges that were happening that, mm-hmm. that we, that I feel like we've lost in this, in this world. So, yeah. so it's like when you, I'm looking forward to the day we play pickleball or basketball together one day, man, that's uh-huh. going to that's, that's be super Let's go rad. this evening, man. But, free. Fuck man. I might, might have to make that happen. Um, <laughs> so, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is like, when you, when you hang out with people, when you're around your clients, is there, you said, you said you try to look at them at, from a cellular level. Right. Yeah. So, so is there, is there like, is there a, a technique or, or, a, or, um, you know, an override that you use to help you get to that space or has that just been through practice?
0: Yeah. So are you asking specifically in
1: relationship? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. 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 For sure. I men, mean, it's... men, women, you know, you know, whatever friends, girlfriends. It's so,
0: it's so different between like, and that's where boundaries have to come in because it's different between client versus um, girlfriend versus uh, family, you know, and the more that you are connected with that person, the more difficult it becomes actually hold space for them Um, because there's already uh, perceptions and past experiences and, all of these memories that you have um, and those things are created in the space around you. You know, those are created in the space. Those are like, the painting on the wall the life that you guys have lived together so far and that's you can always um i think as humans we're our, we're we are storytellers like we are creating stories around everything i mean this you know this microphone this shirt all, all the stuff that's in front of us has been created because people have been able to tell um but you know it's and, th- and this is the thing like you will get the most, you will get triggered the most in relationship. You will Mm. get triggered the most from family. Mm. Um, because you can't actually do like relationship work unless you're in a relationship. You know, I've been a single, I've been single before and I've been like, so I'm so enlightened you know <laughs> and uh and i just you know i'm feeling my ego's feeling really uh really just in alignment yes and uh, yes. then you get in a relationship yeah. and it's like holy shit i yeah. did not even see those parts yes. of myself and a yes. lot of the times the triggers the the defense systems that come up in relationship are a lot of the times um, relate or defense system that we've learned at a younger age as well, too, with our family and with our parents. And the only time we can do that is when we're actually in it, because it's an embodied experience. It's not something you can mentally try to make sense of, or under, you, you can't mentally, no. you can't just mentally understand you have to be in it at the time. And so, you know, to answer your question, like I have done a lot of hard things, I would say, and hard and 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 hard or stressful or traumatic those are all words that are subjective so what 's what 's hard to me might not be hard to you you know and and that 's with everybody what 's stressful to me might not be stressful to you based on your capacity and based on your kind of default setting of how you've come into this world and then also based on your capacity to carry it. Yeah. And that's where a lot of us have become very fragile. We've become very fragile physically and also very fragile on a mental, emotional level as well too. So that's why, you know. I think doing hard physical stuff, yeah. uh, will really build your capacity to hold space, hold a uh, load. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, having those difficult conversations, uh, those emotionally taxing conversations, um, and not being reactive but you know the only way you can like learn to hold space is to do it (laughs) and to and to continue doing it and you know i've worked with lots of people and i can continue to refine my skill with within that and that's the only like it takes ten thousand hours for mastery Mastery. and that's and, and and that like you know some people are just naturally good at that but uh you may not see a change in my body, but it's a, it's definitely a change in the felt sense of when you start to come around in my space. Um, and that's the biggest thing. It is a felt sense. It's a felt sense when you're with your girlfriend and, and <laughs> it's a felt sense when you're with your family or when you're with your clients. Yeah. I kind of got a little, uh, sidetracked there, but, yeah. um, yeah, does that make sense?
1: It it does, it does, and and in the work that I do, uh, I'm, I'm the manager at a, at a place called Optimize in Tempe, um, a little shout out there. So so come and visit us. We just opened a brand new shop, but um, but a center, excuse me. But one of the things that that I that I that, that works well with me when holding space, if or holding space for someone else, is to. You you'll, you'll be amazed at at what. The lack of reaction to what they're saying or doing or commenting what what that invokes in the other person mm-hmm. so if so no matter how dramatic or whatever the story whatever weight the story carries behind it, like for example, yeah. if someone's in the in the ice cold bath right and they're having like a, a, a for lack of a better word a freak out scenario, you know where they're where they're where they're yeah. Where they they can't catch their breath, they, they want to eject. If you can just stand there and not react to that situation, to them reacting and come from rather a place of right action instead of always reacting to people, places, and things in your life, like that non reaction gives them permission to. To turn down the dial of the reaction that they're having. In other words, a lot of times people react because they get a reaction back from the from the from the person or thing that they're around. So it's almost as if you're you're changing, the, you're rewriting the story, like in that in that in that very moment for them, because their 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 old patterns of reacting to to something and then getting a reaction upon the reaction or because of the reaction tends to tends to d- dwindle and tends to to drift away. And then, and then it becomes, you can sense that the, that the talking about the ice bath specifically, you can sense that, the that, that they then assume a responsibility subconsciously that, that gives them permission to be in that uncomfortable space. Right. So it's, it's not as if like you have to do anything at all. You just have to hold, you have to, you have to be a, um, you have to be a, like a mo um, what what could be possible you have to represent what could be possible for them and, and and with the non-reaction piece that is so so powerful it was i came home from my from the session with you and i was I called my wife and blah 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 and i i said but it, it was the weirdest thing he never reacted to anything that i was that was happening i was acting like i was having a temper tantrum in there you know and he was and he was he was not reacting and so that gave me one permission for the temper tantrum to 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 work itself out, and then yeah. also understand that the that the temper tantrum that 's an old story that I used to get reactions to. I used to get me given like a piece of candy to shut the f up you know yeah. like and so that that whole whole scenario has helped to rewrite stories for myself, stories for people that I work with. I think there 's so much value in. Shutting your mouth and just letting, letting whatever needs to unravel, unravel. So yeah. Shutting your mouth and then also giving people permission because
0: mm-hmm. it's, um, people need permission to express whatever they need to express. And it's it, from our youth. A lot of the time it's been, no, shut up. Don't do that. You know, like a, a baby, Yeah, you could look at a baby or a child and they come out of the, you know they they come out clean without any filters without any past programming something happens to them they start crying they start shaking they start you know throwing a temper tantrum and that temper tantrum is the physical thing that they needed to do to get that energy out of their body wow, that's and sick. out of their mind and so um that, you know, going through life and having people say, sit down in a chair and shut up and you're not allowed to do that. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't cry or, or even, even anything that people are telling you that you shouldn't do. I mean, obviously there's safety aspects of it and, and we have to have some sort of filters, but those phys, we are we're in this really interesting time period because our bodies are evolutionary evolutionarily designed in a specific way and and that way is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years old and we're still operating on that on a biological level yet we're traversing this new territory where we have technology and all of these new things you know instagram and social media and all of these things and we don't really know the effect that it has on our body so people need to have permission to um fucking go nuts if they need to you know and have safe spaces for them to do that because (laughs) that's 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 the way for their their body to discharge that energy if not they hold on to it and then eventually they fucking blow up on on their uh, wife or yeah. their kids, yeah. you know, as humans, we only have a certain capacity, you know, and you can think of us as kind of like a memory card sure. and um, we go through life and we start to store things on our memory card. We store <laughs> past experiences, we store our, our yeah. patterns and all of these things. And eventually um, our memory card becomes quite full and our capacity to create new patterns and to, um, actually show up how we want to show up in the world. Uh, it, it becomes very small. And a lot of the, the stressors, the things that people have told you about you, the stuff that you've told about yourself, the physical and emotional traumas that you've gone through, those are the, and, and remember, those aren't the things that are happening to you. Those are what's happening inside so, of you. So all of those defense systems start to fill up that memory card, and then your capacity is so small, so you can't handle a lot of stuff. And when something does happen, you start to operate off those defense systems. So, and those defense systems are deeply embedded within the nervous system. They're not, you're not thinking about in your mind, like I'm going to blow up on my girlfriend. It's a feeling inside and then it's bubbling up. And then the last thing you do is you say something terrible or what, you know, you say something. Yeah. So that feeling inside is a lack of having capacity. And that's what I really try to help people is um, space, uh, de-armoring a lot of those uh, defense system patterns on a body level, yeah. on a nervous system level to give them more space and capacity to show up how they actually want to in the world. That is
1: a dope fucking analogy, man. I love that as the, I think of like a little SD card, you know, like a little, yeah, that is so profound, man. That, that really makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so how do you, so how do you, then how do you reset your, your SD card? How do you clear space off of that? We've mentioned stillness. We've mentioned, well, movement has always been, been a part of your life. Um, but what other practices do you have? to, to help fill your cup? Cause that's the other thing I noticed too, man, you were, there was no lacking of anything. There was there, you were just giving from a full, you were giving from your overflow, right? Which yeah. is, which is how I try to operate. I think everyone has yeah. their own, you know, who's in this sort of spirituality, this, this conscious community, if you will. Um, I don't want to take words away from you. How do you, how do you fill your cup, man?
0: How do I fill my cup? You know, I think that's a, it's changing all the time. Yeah to be aware of how it's changing. You know, I have to be, I have cultivated enough inner stillness and inner awareness. Um, you know, all of these practices, every, everything that we do in like the health and wellness sphere, they're all self-inquiry practices. They're all like, how am I actually feeling? You know, what, if, like meditation, yoga, you know, to, to yoke, to practice yoga is to yoke with yourself is to feel connected to what, it, what am I actually feeling? And we are full spectrum beings, meaning that we are designed to feel the full spectrum. And based on my self inquiry, like I have to actually tune in to where I'm at right now. Um, what, from that point, then I can actually start to uh prescribe myself different tools, you know. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I've been playing a ton of pickleball and that's been my like energetic outlet, okay, uh, my competitive outlet. Maybe it's time that I need to do some like more yoga or some FRC Beautiful. or like some, yeah, yeah. uh you know, any of those and and most I would say most all of my practices that fill my cup are things um around Moving my body. Yeah. I would say also playing music is a big one. It's all the things that fill my cup up are ways in which I can express. Um, and so, cold plunging is absolutely one thing mm. that uh, I love to do. I love to work out. Uh, I love to do the hard things because it kind of mentally and physically tests me. Yeah. Um, and then I can, you know, I, I broaden my capacity to hold space with that uh, and, you know, getting in nature is really important. You know, I have only lived back here in Phoenix, a little less than a year, you know, Mm -hmm. before that I was in Sedona and then I was in Hawaii and Oregon and and places with a lot of nature. And I think that that was absolutely essential for that period of, of time for me, um, to really, uh, just tune into how life moves, how it operates, um, and standing that and, after my life in community, you know, community, community. is a huge essential yeah. nutrient for me as well, too. That's an essential, essential nutrient. But you have to know where you're at. Yeah, That's the first thing. You have to have some sort of self-inquiry test to say, where am I at? Have I been too, like, I've been around people too much? Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe it's time for me to, like, go back in the lab and spend some time alone. <laughs> or have I been doing too much yoga? Maybe I'm too, maybe I'm hypermobile and I actually and need to build strength. strengths, yeah. You know? yeah, So it's a byproduct of where I'm at at the moment.
1: That's dope. Do, do you, do, you mentioned meditation. So we have a little, we're, we're developing a little, I don't want to give away a secret or a little uh, reveal too much, but we're doing every, every guest that we have on, we like to ask, like, what does your meditation practice look like? Do you, do you have a morning routine? Do you have a, do you have a practice that you go to every day in terms of, in terms of the stillness piece?
0: Yeah, in terms of the stillness piece, I think that has changed for me quite a bit. Um, I went through a period of time, I would say probably three or four years where I was every morning mm. um, and meditate before I went to sleep. And, and uh, I actually had a kind of a lucid dreaming practice, if you will. Interesting. Um, and that was really uh, just, it was quite a, uh, uh, an awareness practice, if you will. And yeah. I, I love that. And I eventually kind of fell out of it. And now I catch myself, um, you know, doing more uh, breath work specifically that leads me into metadillness. Um, I have, yeah, I think I, I would say meditation is something that I'm ready to delve back into a lot, but it's been a huge piece for me, mm. um, uh, throughout uh, my time. I'm definitely an extremist, like, I think <laughs> In I'm going all in on something.
1: I feel you with Uh, that. (laughs) When I
0: went, when I, you know, moved to Sedona, I went all in on my inner work, on myself, on being still. Now I'm in, I'm in Phoenix. I have, you know, I, I took a lot of time to like read books and podcasts and take in so much information through my younger years. Right now, I'm really trying to create. And there's a driving force behind me that is to. push the pause button on consuming things. Hmm. And, and right now I'm really having to, uh, just let it all just come out of me (laughs) express, you know, and create from that place. So, um, yeah, I didn't really answer your question, sorry.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the meditation piece cuz I'm going to nail this down for you. When yeah. you when you were meditating, okay? So, mm-hmm. when you had that meditation practice, I can I can look at you from from the outside and see see the stillness, see the eyes closed or or open. There's open eye meditations too out there. Um but but what what's happening what's happening between your two years? That's really what I'm, what I'm after is, is there, Mm. is there, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to project. I want you to fill in the blank. It
0: changes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when you first start um, a lot of the times it's, it's like the, the computer needs to just process and it needs to kind of defrag. So when I, you know, when you first get into it, it's just a lot of just thoughts coming You know, thoughts are just coming through and your ability not to like kind of grab onto a thought, but just kind of let it come, like come through and pass through. You know, we, as a physical body, as our uh, nervous system, we are antennas and based on our capacity and our design and the positions that we're in and, and also the state of our nervous system that will tune the antenna to what thoughts we're picking up. So at first, you know, maybe there was a, there's just a lot of thoughts in your space that you haven't really organized, so those yeah. need to just come through first and just flow through. After those flow through, um you start to, you know, find these gaps in between the thoughts. Yeah. And and the more you do it, the more you have those gaps of just completeness in between those thoughts. And from that place within the stillness, I'm just going into bodies and mm. and just really ta- like pulling all my energy from my mind back mm. into my body and occupying every little piece of my body. And I think that's a huge piece because like a lot of people when they meditate or um, there's this, there's this addiction to ascending in a way, you know, and like, and like going up and out, you know, in light or um, whatever it is, you know, ascension, if you will. I think it's actually about like incension and bringing your awareness back into your body. So the felt sensations are from what is going on in my body. And then from there, I was getting into a place where I, I started to create this kind of like, um, just artistic place within my mind where I could start to visualize things and visualize, my, visualize myself doing things. Yeah. And, and what does it feel like to do that on all the different senses? That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's a huge piece uh, within manifestation, if you will, is to be able to get, it, feel it, hear it, taste it, smell it, um, through all of your senses and not just think about it
1: when I, when I was playing competitive golf, I had a, I was seeing a sports psychologist for a while. And one of the most, this is, um, yeah. So, so what are, what are the, one of the exercises he had me do, and I still try to do this today. And some of my meditations are just like you were saying is that he would have me play a round of golf in my like in the the, whatever the course I was playing the next day he would have me play the round in my mind and with with every shot but it was more it wasn't necessarily about he wouldn't he didn't want to know he didn't want me to think about where the shot would would go but he wanted me to think about how the shot felt what what was where was my breath at what was the wind doing what was this what were the birds chirping? Like all of the, the surrounding, yeah. all the five senses type of thing. The 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 outcome of, of the golf shot was not the importance. The, exactly. The, yeah, the, the really, really important piece was was feeling feeling the sensations inside your physical body and around you, right? Everything mm-hmm. taking in everything that that was gonna lead you to being the next day present, calm. collected, you know, um, trusting in, in your, in the motor skills that you had cultivated time and time again, from golf swing after golf swing, after golf swing. And those, and that practice in and of itself, you nailed, you nailed the piece for me, man, because that's what I was, I wasn't looking for anything, but that's how, how I've, well, my meditation has turned into as well. It's turned into like tapping into of the visual visualization piece and and feeling like, like wondering what the next steps of my life are going to be. Not so much wondering, but, but having the sensations in my body sort of. What do you, what is it going to feel like? Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, you know, my mission uh, in this world is to, you know, change the mental health paradigm um, and the health paradigm to the, to, helping us remember that it's about mind body health and specifically that we are body centered beings first. And I think that, you know, when people, a lot of people come to me and they want clarity around their like purpose or their life mission, or, you know, or maybe it's, it's around creating something in their life. And it's not about what it's going to look like mentally, you know, anytime you want to like, create your purpose. And this is something that everyone can really benefit from is that when you are, you know, figuring out your purpose to figure out something is to shape it, to figure it out as you go. Yeah. It's not something, you know, that you have all figured out, it's, uh, play on words there, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it is more about how is it going to feel? What is it going to feel like when yeah. you get there? What does it feel like on the journey? And when it's a state of feeling, meaning what is, you know, I say your nervous system, but you could just say your being, it's a state of feeling when you get there. And that's so much more attainable and it's so much more of a barometer for our internal compass because Mm. life is short and life is long as well and Mm. we go through twists and turns and things change and the outside world looks so much different all the time um, that if we were to try to attach to a specific image of having a specific house and car and wife and all of these or whatever the purpose is um, you will not know unless you've attuned your internal compass to a state of feeling and the felt sense inside of your body is way fucking more intelligent than your mind could ever imagine.
1: Trust your intuition, trust your gut.
0: Yeah. Whatever word you want to yeah. put on it, you know, yeah. people say, you know, trust your heart, trust your gut, trust your intuition. Yeah. You know, all of those things are, are different areas um, of yourself. And the more that you can be in touch with all of those things, you know, when people come to making a decision, you can always tell if the decision is coming from the mind or if it's coming from the body and if it's coming from the gut or the heart and how that works is that if someone asks you something, or you're trying to make a decision around some hard life thing does the answer kind of loop in circles? Meaning, is it like, okay, if this happens, then, okay, then I'll go there. And then these people will think this of me, and then I'm this is going to happen. And then, you know, maybe my parents won't like me or, you know, it's, it's like, you will see kind of these loops when you are, need to make a decision. It's either a yes or a no. And it's a a false sense. It's either a fuck yes or no. Yeah. And it and and that that barometer or that inner compass, it speaks softly. Well, it speaks very loud if you're uh, sensitive enough to it, but it speaks in either yes or no and it speaks right in the moment.
1: I've used this quote before and I'm going to drop it again. A guy by the name of Aubrey Marcus, who I, th- who you know, and, and he says this, he said, I took his go for your win course back when he first developed yeah. it, like the first run of it. Um, and he said something very profound. He said, if you can, if you, when you're trying to make a decision, right, if you can, if you can listen to the whispers of your heart, as opposed to the yelling for the screaming from your brain, then that's really going to guide you to the place that you need to go. Cause you're right. The heart whispers, right? There's also, there's a correlation to to the whisper behind the whisper. There's also a felt sense that I've, that I feel that's for me personally, everyone's different. Right. But that, that quote reminded me of exactly what you were saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always a knowing you know yeah. the it's uh, the the things that we want you know the the patterns that we want to embody how we want to show up in the world hmm. a lot of those things are our default setting it's for sure it's our it's our soul and it's it's who we are and it's it's about figuring out what's in the way hmm. and getting rid of that hmm. peeling back the layers yes um because like you said you know the heart always knows the body always knows, and it's about peeling back the stories, peeling back the traumas, peeling back the defense systems, peeling back all the shit that's been put on you and you put yeah. on yourself and stripping it back to that, you know, that full capacity memory card that is your soul that is able to express and use all of its energy to yeah. the things that
1: you want to br- bring to the world. The full capacity memory card of your soul. <laughs> uh-huh. It's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> That's really rad. All right, dude. I, I got one more question for you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah, let's roll. Um, so what has, what has more of an impact on your life? The things you've said yes to, or the things you've said no to? Ooh,
0: that is a, um, that is a tough question because, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty
1: true facts
0: and uh and it's a lot easier to look back on things um uh, i would say that your your yes has no value until you've really dialed in your no you know um there's a lot of things that i've had no to um to protect myself to pr- protect mm. what i want to be in the world you know i i was um at one point i was going to go actually work for on it uh yeah. and i was going to move to austin and work for on it as an employee and i ended up saying no to it a lot of my friends were like what the what the fuck why are you yeah. not going like that's yeah. on it it's rad you know and there was just this inner feeling that i was like no wow. and i There was all the things inside or my mind going like, oh, you're missing out and like all the FOMO and all that shit, you know, but there was a feeling inside where I had to say no to it. And, uh, uh, it ended up giving me the time and the space to, um, delve further into myself and develop myself. And now, you know, I'm, I'm a colleague of theirs, you know, yeah. a friend, I'm, yeah. um, you know, I'm seen as an equal, not an employee. That's and, uh, and that's, and I, and I followed my own path, you know, mm. instead of, you know, working for someone else and following their, you know, thing. So it really, uh, it, it was huge. It was, it was huge enough. I've, I've said no to, I mean, and that's the thing for your ability to hold space is that you have to say no, because your no is, is literally the, uh, the outside of that whole space and it has to be a no around that whole space you have to hold space for yourself you have to hold a container for yourself those are your boundaries all of this has to be no and no meaning okay what am i going to let in and what am what is not mine who is self and who is other so that no absolutely protects you so that you have the capacity to say yes to what you want to you know you say yes to everything it's takes up your capacity so you have to say no to so many different things until you get that that full body Mm -hmm. feeling that is a yes and just like i said we only have so much capacity um, and we can only say yes to so much so what we do say yes to has to be a full fuck yes everything else is a no
1: yeah thank you (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah thank you brother this has been great man this,
1: this has been dope um so i want to give a quick shout out for you um somatic release breath work right on your website you're yeah. you're also you're having um there's going to be a couple more trainings in phoenix so this year I think you have one more left or two more
0: yeah i only have one more that's on the schedule right now for phoenix and it's coming up really soon it's cool. on uh september 9th through the 12th uh, it seems like that's kind of a hard weekend for people to make that one. Uh, Interesting. That sometimes timing is kind of weird for in-person events, but they've all sold out really quickly that's and amazing. this one still has some spots. So, uh, okay. um, yeah, you can, you know, srbreathwork.com. Yeah. I'll, I'll send them the links. You can connect with me on Instagram. It's uh Jaggers JR. Give them the link for that. And yeah, you know, I've run these somatic release breathwork trainings are for, uh, practitioners coaches, uh, psychologists, health professionals that are already working with people in a certain capacity, but want to have another tool to um, really, really create uh, impactful change in people's lives.
1: I cannot thank you enough for this time. I consider you a mentor, a friend, um, a brother. And I got um, just want to say that I love you, man, from my heart to your heart. Thank you for this time.
0: Yeah, brother. I love you so much. It's been absolutely a pleasure uh, dropping in with you and sharing this conversation. And so it's, um, that's, that's what I love to do. This
1: fills my cup, brother. So f- thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. You have a good rest of your night, dude. We'll be in touch soon, the sooner than later. I promise. you. Yeah, that.
0: we'll talk soon,
1: brother. Thanks, Steven.